Gossip Stone podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time randomizer. We focus primarily on the racing and the competitive scene, but also other related topics for the community as a whole. Hello again, everyone. I'm Emo Soda. It's great to have you all again here. Another week has gone by. Another two weeks since the, uh, the last time that we uh, recorded an episode. I guess three almost at this point. Um, there was just a slight delay because of Last weekend, the uh, Season 4 qualifiers were supposed to start, and they did not start last weekend because uh, we crashed uh, race time. (laughs) Uh, So we're here this weekend, though. Uh, The first two qualifiers for Season 4 have just ended. Here with me uh, for this episode is going to be Chimp and Reeve again. Hello. Welcome. Hello. And joining us this week is what the hell's happened. Uh, Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. I'm glad the podcast is back. Yeah, me too. It's great to be back. Great to be back with uh, another tournament season, really. Yeah, the hype for this is uh, pretty wild, as you mentioned, with the crashing of racetime.gg, because we were essentially way too hyped for the qualifiers. <laughs> it, it almost adds a, a new storyline to season four. Like it's delayed by a week. It, it just makes the hype even bigger. So I guess we should start with the very first qualifier that was going to be, but didn't quite make it. Um, <laughs> the, the cursed qual. We can just mention it here. Uh, <laughs> not too many things surprising came out of that one. Um, there was a sheet that was posted after the fact, so I think by ATZ. And uh, people still ran it and could post their times as kind of like an async, which is kind of an interesting approach. It's cool that we could still complete it if we wanted to. Um, Did you guys take a look at that? I looked at the uh, async. I never actually ran the seed because it was by the point the seed was essentially ready to go it was like midnight for me i was like you know what i think i'm gonna get spoiled from this regardless but no i definitely checked out the asyncs um and it was good to see that so many people actually just wanted to race even though the qualifier was cancelled everyone was just like yeah we're still racing right um so yeah it was uh it was good to see the times sort of plot up on there and who was doing well who who was surprisingly doing well on that async as well yeah it's um 70 people took advantage of this and it's very interesting i had about 160 or so people in the race from before it uh, kind of went south for a while um so looking at the times here though mr mario came in first place in the c229 and i don't remember too much about the seed itself but there aren't 
that many surprises either on the top list of, of things here. We got Kola, we got Seisei, Keizo, Ilagatua, uh, Marco. You know, see a lot of pretty strong players even below that too. Not too far off, you know, 20, 30 minutes here. Mm. I think it's got to be a, a confidence boost for someone like Mr. Mario. Like right before calls actually start, it's still a pretty big race. And to have a win like that, even though it's unofficial, to have a win like that right before the season starts, like it's got to feel pretty good. Also got to feel a little bit devastating when you win the async, but it wasn't actually legit. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yes, I won, but it counts for nothing. Oh. I remember Mario being a little sad about that. She's like, <laughs> oh, what... What, what if? could have been? What if? What if? We don't have to worry about that too much, though. Didn't actually count for anything. But it is cool to see that community turnout and the excitement and the hype for season four is very apparent. Now, the opening weekend for season four quals, um, like we just said earlier, did happen this weekend. The qual season ends sometime in January. Um, it's a little bit delayed now. It was about, like, I think mid-January is when all the quals were going to be ending. So it's it should be. be it'll be the, the weekend of the 15th and 16th should be the last quals. Oh, okay. Or well, the, I think, is, is it the 15th? Or the, I think it might be, um, let me just get that accurate. It is the 16th and 17th are the last two quals, so the Saturday and Sunday of January. Now, 6.0 also came out. Uh, it's a new stable release of the randomizer, and it's out just in time for season four. The other tournaments that we did have before season one was not on a stable release. Uh, it was a fork of 2.13.16f lum. That's just alien language to me. <laughs> Same. Uh, but it was on a, a fork of a unstable build, and yeah. Uh, season two though. 4.0, very interesting. And then season three had 5.1. So now we're on six. So kind of just a very steady progression in terms of version numbers. That's just a small note. But just before the qualifiers started and after they originally were supposed to start, we had this hot new tech that was discovered. Oh boy. Show was hot. Oh, it's. <laughs> Jumping over King Zora, so you don't have to turn ladder in. Um, it's a combination of J-Bone, Felixoid, I think is how you say it, and yeah. Dotso. Um, have you seen this with the hoe? Yeah, it was. Uh, I especially like that. Also, <laughs> also adds to the storyline before the season. Like it, it gets delayed, and we find a new tech that completely changes everything the week before it actually starts. No, it was it was a fun three days for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Almost immediately, we had people like, "Well, does this break any actual rules for standard?" And the overwhelming consensus was no. Um, so it was allowed and standard, as far as, far as I know. Um, and yeah, for about three days, we could just use it in tur tournament settings and just casual races. And yeah, they, they were a fun three days, I, I have to admit. The first day, I was just like, what the hell is this? It's like a glitchless strat that was just never discovered because you had no reason to do like a, a jump over King Zorix. Why? 
you know, there's just no reason to. So it's just really funny to me that it randomizer of all things just finds this cool skip and it actually has a big impact on routing. Um, it's it kind of just is like another fire air entry, right? <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, like I, I I think as you say, the it became a bit of a wild west when it came to the races when that was found of just like people just haphazardly using it whenever they could and honestly i think every race i've watched when that was discovered people used it and it actually benefited them quite highly um and it was uh yeah it was i wouldn't say it was a contentious new trick because at the end of the day as you say there's nothing like illegal in the trick it was very simple in terms of what it was i think um i think i i'd compare it to sort of like mido skip in terms of it's uh in terms of essentially how it affects a seed, but in terms of execution, it'd be like B1 skip and essentially a glitchless jump. Um, but no, it was really cool. Um, I really liked the tech. It was really fun to watch it and be like, holy shit, like that's so wild. It's so, it, it seems so obvious when you look at it that that can be done. But then, of course, like if something isn't affecting like, OOT hundo percent or any percent or something like that. These things are harder to find. So, yeah, it was great. I really like the tech. Um, it was fun to look, fun to use, fun to learn. Yeah, I like the uh, the impact it had also because it, it had some really real logical implications. It was kind of comparable to if you want to do reverse wasteland to go to GTG. Like mm. you know, it's not in logic, but it's it can also be a really legit play in mid game. The so same thing if you're going to ice cavern mid game well even a warp song in season four c- could have some value so you never know so i like the fact that it, it could bring like that real element of thinking and you're you know you're out of logic but you know you're taking a risk by doing it so yeah, i even had a race where i just went into fountain sub hour by using this jump it was really sick because i didn't have a strength i didn't have a bomb bag i just Kind of went up there. I think I might have had hovers, but that was it. No ZL. <laughs> so I just kind of rushed it, and I found my first strength in Fountain of all places. And then I, so I think I saw like long shot at the bottom of the fountain. So this is like wow. This is a very. <laughs> it just paid off randomly, and I'm just rushing it for no reason. So I can only imagine like what it's actually going to do to the meta, and it's kind of the really hard though because at the same time you don't know if somebody rushed fountain and that's why they finished in under two hours or two and a half hours it, it could think, be anything in the seed i think the best example of of this being used was i think it was a practice like the wednesday after it was found where there was a race where ryu came they asked if the trick was allowed in the race time room, like mid-race. It was like two hours in they were like is Kate king's aura skip allowed and then someone answered yes and then 20 minutes later, they finished in first place. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. I think everyone else in that race is just like, oh, guess I'm rushing ice now. <laughs> it was just so good. I, I laughed really hard when I saw that. It was amazing. Really good example of why comments are being hidden race time now going forward with <laughs> yeah. four. Uh, you don't even have to have that to be legal to... Uh, have a big impact on what people do in the race. It, it can be just like kind of throwaway comments too. Like I am ran out of sticks. Like even that can have a big impact. So it makes a lot of sense why they're doing that. 
I, mean, I think it's been a positive change so far. The past, I think, weekend uh, had this feature enabled. And it's been pretty chill. No distractions yeah. for anyone still racing. Yeah. So it's really cool. Ultimately, it's just a safety net. You know, no one can accidentally spoil anyone, and that's essentially the the, the the entire purpose of it being there. So, can only really be a benefit, especially for qualifiers where it actually matters where people finish, and not just you know weeklies where it's a little less important. Yeah, for sure. But largely, yeah, this new jump over King Zora won't be able to use it for season four. It's just too too soon. Just the the timing's so awkward. <laughs> right before the tournament about, is about to start, we don't even know like what effect it would have. Not not fully, I don't think, in a racing scene. So it uh, makes sense why they're not allowing it. Um, something one of the race mods, uh, Cola, said about this ruling. I think it's weird to stick to definitions of what's a glitch and what's not when you want to make a rule set fun for rando. Instead of creating a glitchless rule set for a speedrun, it's obvious there there would be de deviations, but where rando should allow glitches or disallow non-glitches to make randomizer work out properly. Originally, Accessible was built on glitchless with a couple additions, but with this switch to standard, we have the freedom to change things more arbitrary to make it fit into the randomizer gameplay. I think that's a good thing, personally, that we have a rule set catering more to the game we play. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I think I... I, I've always thought that way, uh, mostly about the accessible rule set in randomizer. Like, I don't think we need to. The consistency factor doesn't matter as much for randomizer because everyone, if you see, like, there was 160 people joining uh, the first qualifier. So I think it shows that the rule set is is the success for randomizer right now. Mm. Yeah, and ultimately, there's a reason why this isn't on speedrun.com. You know, it's not a speedrun. It's not a game where you can say, okay, well, there's a set path and this all has to make sense and the speedruns are what's important. It's it's not, you know, there's the fun is the important factor. And if if the majority of people can have fun, it's great. That's that's what we're aiming for. So, yeah, I agree with Kona there. Yeah, it's just a very, uh, it's a good way of kind of explaining the spirit of randomizer if there is if there isn't even one um but i think it it just kind of it should be gameplay focused for the most part and as long as the community agrees to something i think it's fine um but you know there, there's a lot of varying opinions on this kind of a thing so it's hard to say one way or the other but that's i think it's a good thing you want a kind of diversity of opinions Hey, maybe it, uh, for season five, it gives gives us something to look forward to, a new skip. Yeah, I mean, there could be something found during any time season four here, next couple months, even something that might come up in the random settings league. Um, the brackets for that are happening as well. We'll get that to that later. But all these races are happening in kind of a short time span, even with the qualifiers just them, themselves. will have a pretty big impact, I think. So we'll see what happens and if anything's found like that. But for the time being, it's something to look forward to for sure. Also discovered, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hookshotless Spirit Temple, uh, Toxic Oxygen, and Notso collaborated. And this was the result. You can just do this now. Yeah, this one for me was even spicier. Uh, for King Zora. I think um, this one has a lot less uh, of a use. In like, if you were to 
count the number of seeds where you do King's Aura compared to this. You know, you do King's Aura more. But this one for me is a lot more of a like, a, oh my God, this is actually a thing. And you can essentially now finish a rando seed without a hookshot. In rare, unbelievably rare circumstances, you can get to the end of the game and not need a hookshot for what is essentially the first time in the standard rule set and settings. It's pretty much just a very specific jump, right? I didn't really look up the specifics on it. Uh, not yet for this one. It's just so new. Yeah, so there's two... There's sort of like two bits of tech. There's the first... You can... Do one trick with hovers. Um, so there is the Zelda's Lullaby chest in sort of the first chest of Adult Climb with a very specific roll and you equip your hovers in the pause menu because uh, it needs to be sort of like, like frame perfect. Um, just as you go off the ledge, you equip your hovers. Um, you roll twice. You side hop like at the end of your second roll and then you jump slash over to the chest. So you can get that chest without the need for a hook shot. Um, obviously, if that has a key or anything or a boss key, it's, it's required anyway. Um, and then the second tech you can do with with either with or without hovers. It's like you. It's essentially a jump slash recoil off the very top of Spirit Temple, where you lower the platform and you melt the face. You go back up, and then when that platform's lowered, you do. I think it's like a couple of side hops left, and then three side hops right back walk, jump slash, and you land on the head of the inner statue. Um, you can't jump slash and directly land in the boss key sort of door area. That's not possible. But when you get on the head, there is then a further strat to essentially uh, jump into the boss key area so that you can essentially bypass the need for a hookshot completely. You can do that with or without hovers. Um, it's, I would say, a little easier with hovers. Of you know, I, I guess that's sort of fairly obvious. Um, it is a very difficult setup, regardless, in my opinion. Um, but we all know that difficulty is subjective. Um, so some people will find it easy. You know, we've already found setups for it, so some people clearly didn't have a problem. Some people will find that quite hard. There are pause buffers. There are frame perfect inputs, and so on. So it's. Um, I'll be really curious as to whether that actually becomes a. Th a trick that we get to see during season four. Um, ironically, there was a really good chance to use it this weekend, which we'll talk more about. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult. It's very niche in its use, but it's also cool as fuck. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever see a seed where it's actually worth it to do, because for it to really have a big difference, and you want to have the hookshot list seed, you would need both hookshots to be pretty late in the seed, but that you also have all the other items. So maybe a seed where there's a hookshot on 40 or 50 skulls and it's the first one, and you can just go for both setups to full yeah. clear spirit. It's pretty specific, but hopefully we see it. In, in bracket, in 1v1, that'd be really interesting if that could happen. It'd be amazing. I, I'd love to see that in season four. But as you say, the actual specifics for this being useful is is so rare i think that's why essentially it got allowed um and you know because obviously with the king's aura trick being banned and this one not being banned i think it's essentially because the actual use of this is very 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 limited and will only work in certain seeds whereas you can essentially do the king's aura skip every single seed if you wanted to and because ice cavern is an optional dungeon it's uh it's neither here nor there 
Um, but yeah, you need very specific medallion layouts. You need very specific hookshot placements that essentially suck. Um, but yeah, it would be incredible to see this. So I can imagine pretty easily something like what if Spirits Way the Hero and long shots on Quinrova with like barren water or something. Mm. In which case, you could do this and it would probably save a bunch of time, but I think it's pretty seed specific and you kind of have to take everything into account and it's hard to really kind of imagine it without all the details, but I'm, I'm sure this will at least come up once within either qual calls or the bracket. Uh, I can see it happening for sure, especially for the more execution heavy players. I think they can probably practice this for a while and just bust it out randomly and could just win the seed, who knows. I'm absolutely certain we will see the Zelda's Lullaby chess one. That one to me is more uh, likely because the amount of times I've gone into Spirit without a hookshot is honestly quite high. You know, you don't necessarily have a hookshot to go into Spirit. As long as you've got a bow, you can, you know, hit the switch and go in. So, you know, it's it's relatively common to go into Spirit without a hookshot. It's not common to get to the end of Spirit and be like, okay, well, now I can just bypass needing it. But I think just initially going in is, you know, having strength two and hovers but nothing else really, no mirror shields or something like that. You can then just get to that chest without having to worry about going back to it later and or potentially finding a key to send you up further into Spirit. And I'd say that is something we're almost certainly going to see, in my opinion. Um, but the, the latter tech of actually getting to the boss would be the, the rarer occurrence. I think it's fairly likely we'll see it along with the King Zora's skip in random settings in the brackets. I think we'll definitely... Almost 99% sure we'll, we're going to see one of one or both <laughs> of them. Now, I mean, you'll, defi you'll definitely see King's Aura skipping random things. Oh, overworld really overworld yeah. entrance. <laughs> yeah, overworld entrance rando. There's no way you're not going to do that. Yeah. Now, we have a new scoring system for Season 4 Qualls. We probably won't spend too much time covering this. It's a lot to take in. It's pretty mathy. But... The big takeaways here, changing from Season 3 scoring, it's going to be the average of top 7 finishers. Instead of, before I think it was top 10% with a cap on 10. Mm -hmm. And it's going to affect some things, especially if those top 7 finish fairly quickly within each other, and it depends on the time buffer between them and everyone else in terms of how much points you're getting. So no more forfeiting to reduce the total number of finishers. That's kind of a, a big draw to this. Uh, point decay is reduced by adding a handicap to your finish time when seed is unusually short. Now, there are two cases where seeds might be short. and jet seeds or gambles, one person finishes like 30 minutes ahead of everyone else. <laughs> kind of unbelievable win. It kind of adjusts for that. You can find more information about it in the main randomizer Discord. Um, there's just a lot going on with it. Do you guys want to touch upon uh, the scoring at all? Yeah, so I was... Um, Mikola, Maraxis, and Trez were in a call about a lot of this. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially the idea was to make sure that Jet Seeds didn't feel as garbage as Season 3 in terms of scoring. You know, if you went into 
I think a, a, so many complaints in season three were those jet sequels and, you know, what the hells is a fine example of someone who done really well in one of those. Um, but if you did really well, but also finished like 40th because everyone else did incredibly well, it felt quite bad. So the aim was to make sure that jet seeds didn't feel as bad to play. Um, your points didn't get as uh, reduced just because of the fact it was a jet seed. Nothing else. You still played fine, but you you lose points because of jet seed. So the aim was to reduce that. The aim was to also make sure that if someone did a crazy gamble and won by miles, that that person still gets uh, they still get the benefits of doing well, but everyone else doesn't get screwed because one person took a crazy gamble and done something absolutely wild. So that's essentially what the aim was. Um, and I think Cola and uh, Maraxis especially, um, shout-outs to them, uh, did an incredible job. Uh, it took a long time to get things sorted, but you know there was a ton of heavy, deep, complicated math <laughs> that I could not understand in the slightest. Um, but yeah, they did a great job. And I think overall, everyone will appreciate the changes, even if they don't even notice it. Um, the changes will, are there to to help everyone else, essentially keep the top set of runners stable, but also help out those uh, runners that got a little um, harshly done over by jet seeds and, and gambles. There are some nice kind of, uh, I'd say, benchmarks for this new system for scoring. Now, first place, just kind of basic, basing it off of what happened in Season 3 quals using this point system. Uh, first place, let's say Marco finishes, and it's 4169 points. Now, in terms of the overall leaderboard, so that's an average of about 1,050 per race that you need to get first place on the leaderboard. It's uh, kind of high, <laughs> so you need to basically win uh, probably five quals or something like that, and that'll that'll probably do it. Or come out, you know, top two and a couple different races, something like that. Then we have 32nd place. Came to 36, 34 points, which was an average of 909 points per race. So that's a good, I think, for anyone listening and trying to get top 32, is a, at least based on what Season 3 had to offer. About anything over 900 points, that's what you want, kind of aiming for. Easier said than done, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the Challenge Cup will be taking everyone from 32nd to 96th, I believe. And 96 in Season 3 was 29.66, an average of 742 points per race. So we're going to see a lot of people in that buffer zone of 750 to 900 that will uh, be participating in that next iteration of the Challenge Cup. Should be pretty interesting to look forward to for those that can't make the brackets for season four. Did you guys want to touch upon the uh, the showcase race that happened? Uh, it was a little bit ago on the 3rd of December. It was Marco versus Bono. Uh, I do want to say I like this tradition of having the showcase race before every new season, of having the, the finalists from the season before. I think it's a great way to get the hype going before it starts. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, what, the best part of 600 people watching that at one point. Um, so I think it was very clearly obvious that a lot of people are looking forward to Season 4, as we've already seen. Uh, and 
everyone still considers these two, and I don't think anyone would disagree as the top two runners. Um, the season three finals were incredible. Two of the best races, if not the best races I've ever watched. Um, and just having, you know, Marco and Bonnaroo uh, back on display, back battling it out um, was amazing. And the race didn't disappoint. It was still really close. Um, and I, you know, I was commentating the race and it was just so, so much fun to get back into season four with, as you say, uh, what the hell's, you know, a sort of like a traditional now um, showcase. And yeah, long may that continue. As long as the, the runners are up for it, I think it's something that should happen every season. It's just so much fun to, to just get that hype back up and feel energized, ready for those first sets of quals after watching something like that. Yes, definitely. It's it's kind of just a nice cherry on top too for the winners. Past seasons, just oh yeah, I gotta play this special match. Cool. It's just a it's cool to see. It was a very close match, about ten minute difference between the two of them. Not surprising. It's always kind of like that with Marco and Bono. <laughs> it's normally less than a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's usually yeah, yeah. closer than that. Than if anything. But the first qualifier did that was a uh, yeah. Just a little bit ago, and 153 people showed out. Just a great turnout. Now, 114 people finished the seed, so you know it's like uh, 39 people that forfeited. Which, if you take into account with the number of people in the race, was only a quarter forfeit percentage. So, in terms of what's average for a weekly that's about right and usually tired for weeklies so it's it's actually not crazy to think about uh you know 39 people just kind of dropping like flies i also don't blame them in the slightest nope uh, <laughs> neither do i i was very safe in the commentary box for this one that was a ton of fun not playing this one and it was a med start Adult start in Goron City. The child spawn was in Lost Woods at River, the entrance there. And the Song of Time was at ZL. So free ZL, start with Song of Time, start in Goron City of all places. You, so you saw pretty much everyone in the whole seed, in the whole race, just, okay, I'm going to CAC now. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, to Dynamic Openers which is the whole point of season four and definitely not something we saw this race <laughs> of everyone doing the exact same thing. Well, you did see a split partially, at least after Cat Graveyard. Uh, it is the early adult start. That's pretty much all you ever want to do. And it's strong and everyone knows it's strong. It's really no surprises. But from there, you had a, a split of Minuet. Do you go get that? Do you go get child songs now uh depends what you found in kakariko but in this kind of seed we got the early hint that 50 skulls was hookshot with medallion water so that we knew very very soon that this was a 50 skull seed welcome to season four <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like having a bird poop on your car. It's just, uh, it's just unfortunate, but it it happens sometimes. The real question, I think everyone 
had was is this the hook shot or is this the long shot it's always kind of unclear until maybe an hour hour and a half in whether you know whether or not you know that is the uh the hook short, hook or long but it's very dry first hour the other hook shot was on icy waters which was way of the hero so at least the seed kind of pointing to you in the right direction more or less but you also had to get the Iron Boots in Spirit with ZL at Colossus and Requiem and Composer Graveyard. So you have to cross the desert and get two strengths and dip Spirit without Hookshot. So that is just like kind of baseline. That's what you have to do. And then you have to get 50 skulls on top of that. So there's just a lot of kind of requirements for this one. And it's a pretty open, but also not. Yeah, just not very linear at all. A lot of the items are in Graveyard as well. Yeah, Graveyard was stacked, by the way. <laughs> it's like double it's double way the hero. It had Magic, Letter, Mirror Shield, and Requiem. So it was like, oh my god. Yeah, Stone DC to Stone Forest, GTG Ice, and well, we're all not required in the seed. So it's just it was a dry start. It was a dry middle. It's kind of a dry end too outside of just graveyard had all these items and there were a couple people that did out of logic ice cavern because they had hovers but they didn't have zl but there wasn't any hook shot that they had so they couldn't get the skulls like the song was serenade not requiem so it just didn't pay out a lot of people were just kind of hoping they wouldn't have to actually cross the the wasteland because if you can get the song and maybe an item in ice cavern it's kind of worth the trip the one kind of caveat to that was frogs in the rain had the eyeball frog, so you could frog warp, but no one really was going to take that risk in the first call. <laughs> Just literally nobody was interested, and there was no serenade, obviously, too. So yeah, not I think a while. I, I think from going in the race results, a few, a very limited few people did frog warp, um, mm. but it didn't pay out. <laughs> no. I mean. You can see what's you can see that the hook shot is there if you frog warp, but ultimately you can't do anything about it. So it's like, oh great, now I have to come back anyway. So it was frog warp essentially didn't really pay out unless you happen to do that after getting Zelda's lullaby, which was I mean the chances of that happening are incredibly incredibly limited. It's like when you're out playing basketball with the homies and Somebody uh, misses the ball. It goes into someone's yard, and they have a giant gate. It's locked with the key. <laughs> oh crap! We can't get in there. Not here for two hours. So you have to wait for two hours. It's essentially kind of like what that was. Not exactly two hours, but just <laughs> I want my ball. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I guess shout outs to the boomerang, which was a lot of people's go mode. I think um, it was either that or. Uh, sort of Kakiri Sword after Strength 3, um, which was on Goron Pot, which absolutely sucked. I know it absolutely annihilated me. Um, but yeah, obviously, the, the I going to Goron City wasn't something that was appealing. Um, if you went there early, you got magic from, I think, uh, Hot Rodder had magic. Um, but if you went early, you then had only one check to go back for because you didn't have Saria's song to check uh, Papa D. 
Um, so at that point, it's like, well, I could go there for one check, but that feels quite bad. Um, but a lot of people did route that in whilst going to Deku Tree when they did find their Kikiri sword, and that essentially are uh, those those people were the people that did well. You know, you you just finish up your the, your child checks when you go and do the Deku Tree, which was barren but worth doing, I think, just for the skulls alone. Um, and yeah, ultimately, um, some really strong finishes in what was a essentially a really bad seed um, overall. I think it was a nasty, nasty seed, which ended up just being a big old item hunt and, as you say, quite dry uh, throughout. There's also one thing I, th I think is interesting, especially in Season 4 settings, is that Richard had the scale that kind of unlocked the beans, that unlocked the explosives, which mm. basically unlocked everything. And in Season 4, Richard is really that specific check. You really have to make sure you route it at some point because we're so used to in other seasons to just have it free whenever you go to market at night and now if you miss it in your first trip and you don't have prelude or sons you're just never going to go back so i know one of the big uh, advantages uh, for some people in this race was that they ended up in market a little early maybe their time of day worked out so they got that scale and they knew they needed a lot of beans anyway so i think that that was a the, the first qualifier and it, we already see some of the changes from season four having a big impact hmm. I think that's yeah. the first ever time I've bought four sets of beans. <laughs> four? <laughs> yeah, I just bought four. I was like, I know nothing. I, I don't know where anything is. I'm just going to buy four sets of beans. <laughs> Why not? You know, That's a lot of money. Yeah, it yeah. was, but you know, it's worth it in the end. 110. Right. No, 100, 100. It's, it's 100, yeah, know. dead on. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's really uh, really safe for sure would um would either of you obviously it's it's, it's a bit uh it's in a hindsight question i guess would either of you have liked to have been in that race uh i i think i would have liked it i like 50 skull seeds so when i saw that i thought it was a little bit of an uh, opportunity miss that i didn't join but of course anything can happen because watching it I couldn't, I couldn't see myself if I would get that boomerang or the strength on adult fishing. Like it, it was hard to see because of all the decisions and the skull routing. I was having a hard time seeing if either I get the boomerang and Goron pot right after Deku, or do I just last location it? So it, it's really hard to say. But usually, I guess I'd be happy with a fifty skull seed. But it depends. I think it depends on my mindset and the race at the time, and I, I don't know that without racing it. And I think that really what what it comes down to, at least for me, is what what would I be thinking of? What what are my priorities in the seed? And yeah, I I have no idea either. <laughs> it's really interesting to see. I think the fishing would have uh, pretty messed me up badly because the late hook shot. But I've been planning the bean a lot too at Lake recently, and. I could see myself getting that, but then, of course, Goron City is just there, and whether or not you're able to kind of staple it to Lost Woods when you're there the first time as child, big question for sure. And with the latest bomb bag as well, that you also need beans for. It's I don't know. <laughs> I think you would go on a bean planting journey for one, mm. at least for those two beans, and then after that, you have the option of getting the others. So. 
it's really really difficult to say without playing it yeah of course one thing that we didn't mention was the the bomb bag on the volcano which was essentially what unlocked the entire seed and there is i know i was this happened to me in particular i'm not sure if it happened to many other people i planted the beam without even seeing what was on the volcano because I was like, well, I, I need to be able to get to the crater, you know, because there's no other way. I don't have any explosives. I don't have uh, a bow. I don't, don't have hovers. anything to, yeah, I don't have anything to get across there. Um, and I'm going to get the song anyway. I'm just going to plant the bean. And I picked up the bomb bag without even knowing it was there. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> wow. what, what the hell is this doing here? And then at that point it just blew up the seed. Because if you don't look at it as child, then you're not going to look at it as adult. You can't even get in. Um, so yeah, shout, that bomb bag was wild. That's a, a really weird start to that seed. It was so bottlenecked between you need to go and plant that bean was essentially the only thing you could do. Um, no other items to even try and change your mind with that. It makes me wonder if uh, playing Bolero as child, even if you've never been to DMC, if it should be worth it to just do basically every time you can, just to have a quick peek at those two checks. Mm. If, you, if you know you're warping somewhere else, I wonder if it's worth it to just just take those couple seconds because that could punish you hard if there's actually something there, like the bomb yeah. bag. It's like finding Bolero in the child segment. I think at some point you should check it. Assuming your child spawn isn't bad, and if you're kind of going from adult to the first child segment, I think that's when you could possibly run into Bolero and then just check it anyway. But I, th there's so many things that go into that too. Like, do you need skulls? Do you have a bottle? Is it worth just looking? I don't know. It, hard to say. I think in some scenarios it is, but you, have, you either have to have like Crater Way the Hero or you're running out of checks anyway. But it's still nice to know if like a hookshot or a bow is on Crater. Maybe you get hovers and then you can just rush it. Yeah, so it's it probably a safer play. Just safer. Yeah, it doesn't take a a lot to really open that up, but a lot of racers, I think, have a kind of hard and fast rule of just not going crater without ZL, and this kind of a seed punishes that really hard. So if you don't know about that bomb bag, and you don't buy the beans for it, you're going to have a tough time. Mm. I think there was some really good lo logical implications you could have drawn from the seed as well. Um, I know a lot of people full-cleared Shadow. Um, looking for the boomerang, whereas it couldn't have actually logically been there. I'd say most people avoided forest for the same reason. They kind of knew that forest couldn't have the boomerang. Um, and, you know, it was hard locked behind Jabu. But if you didn't know that, you end up wasting a ton of time. Um, you know, if anyone goes into forest for anything other than skulls, if you start looking for checks, then you're, you know, if you haven't read that logic correctly, you, you end up losing your, uh, wasting a lot of time you can spend doing things that are actually in logic that you know might pay out. I think for these kinds of seeds, it's really important to know which skulls you're getting. You're only required to get half the skulls in the game, and long shots locking some number of them as well. So you have to, I think, be aware of the total pool that's available to you with whatever items on 50. And then you, you can really pick and choose. You can skip a lot in general, so it's just really good to keep that in mind. And the kind of the speed that at which you get the skulls to it really kind of dictates which ones you get. You don't want to get like the back of the Dongo's cavern or maybe the Scarecrow one there. If you don't have to, maybe you don't have to get Scarecrows at all in the seed. 
in which case you get some of the lower sphere ones like a child with bottle or overworld it's really just kind of a split between overworld and dungeon but it's usually a, a mix of the two but just kind of something cool to keep in mind there were also no convenience items that seed. The <laughs> bigger on sword was in fire in the map chest, and Thor's one was in shadow. So uh, unless you go really deep into these, I think both were stones in the seed. Or no, 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 fire wasn't, but you didn't have to go up that far. I'll uh, just pretend that I didn't get both of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, not a not a great one for chimp here. <laughs> no, could have um, could have gone bad. Yeah, you were kind of mentioning before what the hell is. You were surprised by the PKR finish for first place. Well, because I was watching, I was chilling. I was one of the only people in the community just watching and <laughs> yeah. no stress. And like, I had a couple of screens open. I, I was trying to watch as many people as as you can, but with 153, it was hard. And to me, it was looking like a free Bono and Marco top two. And I was thinking, well, it, it kind of makes sense. Start the season with the best two players getting top two. It was really impressive, the consistency and all. And then, boom, out of nowhere, Pink Kitty Rose gets first place like a minute ahead of Bono. So <laughs> huge props to her. Really <laughs> impressive. Absolutely yeah. nuts, of course. PKR won the Challenge Cup. Um, so I don't think there's any surprises that She's a very good and strong uh, player, but has been essentially on the down low since then. No one's really seen her race too much, and no, uh, you know whether she was even participating. I think some. I think when we were talking to Riley lately, he was like, "Ah, oh, I'm not even sure if they're up for this." And then, bam, call one. First uh, place. <laughs> yeah, of course. Historically, ATZ has won every qual, but with the absence of uh, ATZ in any of, in this qual, we had to have a new champion. So. PKR decided to take that mantle up herself and then as you say finished followed by a Bonnaroo second place and Marco third place yeah a lot of strong racers in the top 10 here we have Cariosa Gavaroni uh Blue Flush 10th Doctor Sari's Object uh quite a variable runner I would say it's either a very good or a very bad finish still and I, mm. I think I Really excited to see their consistency in season four. I think they've been getting a lot better recently with that. And yeah. then uh, my, my boy Zephyr is in tenth place. <laughs> and yeah. big, big shout out to Hell Knight, who I think came sixth. Yeah, that's the one I kind of skipped over. Um, yeah, very surprising to see Hell Knight uh, this high. It's very, very nice for him. And yeah, huge finish. Yeah, so props. Uh, so that's a great, great finish. And of course, there are. Uh, a little over a hundred other finishers too, so make sure you check out the race time room for that. Um, full list can be found there. There's also the spreadsheet on the main Discord server uh, that Raxus is maintaining for this season as well. Has all the info on there, and of course on the website for Ocarina of Time Randomizer, there is a standings page which is also pinned. I like that uh, PKR broke the. If Bono, Marco, and Cariosa, they were the top three for the, the bracket for season three. <laughs> and they finished second, third, and fourth in that order. So they almost got top three in the first qualifier, which is crazy to think about all the options that could have happened for the first match. And it was almost that. It's yeah, <laughs> coincidence. All right. And now, top seven average for that race to 312 34. And the gamble mitigation had 
So I don't think too bad because the standard deviation is about seven minutes. It's not too crazy. So a lot of the points are pretty consistently big, at least for the top 20 in that race. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty nice. I, I think it's really going to come down to you know, the, the gamble mitigation. It's really going to have a big effect later on in the season. The cutoff for the top 32 is going to be in the fives, tens of points, probably. Something like on the very, very edge of everything. So it'll be very exciting to see who gets 32nd this time around. It's so, it's so competitive for that place as well. Like, I can yeah. think of 40, 50, borderline 60 people that wouldn't surprise me to get in the top 32. So just i i cannot wait to see the the next sort of five six quals and we really get an idea of who's aiming for those places it's gonna i it's so exciting so exciting and on to the second qual which was this morning a couple hours ago now it ended and a little bit smaller this time around versus the first qual of course i mean you see that every season now everyone's hype the hype factor is very real for the very first race but a little bit smaller this time and 100 people actually finished the seed so he only had nine forfeits which is significantly smaller this time around and uh well it was much different than the na weekly this e weekly qual two and where to start I mean, I guess I'd say it was one of the friendliest all dungeon seeds you could kind of ask for. I think if you were to go around and say, you know, oh, I was that aggressive. Like, it was fairly obvious quite early that all dungeons was required. You started with a stone. The stones were, I think it was De uh, Dodongo's Cavern and Fire. Hammer was pretty early. So, yeah, generally it was a fairly, you know simple old you know and that's that's to paraphrase a simple old dungeon seed i wish that was a setting for a random setting simple old dungeon is that it <laughs> yeah it's really free hookshot it's just laying in cack for you and you started as adult so it's it was a really nice start for that reason and the bomb bag also was Fairly easy to get. It was in Lon Lon Ranch. But you had about 30 chews that you could just get. There was a 20-pack in Forest and a 10-pack in Graveyard. So it was not too hard, at least for the opener. There was a lot of doors that were being opened. You found a Strength here, a Strength there, Hammer here, and you're good to go for at least a couple of dungeons. It was Requiem's starting song, which did lead to... Sun song very early on, which is very very nice. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, kind of routing options, warp options were kind of limited this seed. It kind of just put you on a, a path that you kind of had to follow. And once you'd have bombs, you just do all your bomb checks, right? Maybe you'd be able to skip fields. Maybe you'd be able to skip a couple things here and there. I think uh, Dodongo's Cavern was a pretty heads up early play and it turns out this seed is also all dungeons like we said for a couple of different things <laughs> uh so i was i was running the seed earlier and i had sfm way to hero shadow way to hero 
Death Mountain Trail Way the Hero and River Way the Hero, and none of them fulfilled. And I was kind of just like hands on my head, just like, okay, <laughs> so Death Mountain Trail and River, I have found nothing and a bottle. Is Bottle Way of the Hero the seed? And I was just like, <sighs> trying to scratch my head. Is there even a wallet? No, no wallets. Uh, okay, it's it's probably all dungeons, right? And I already had DC Stone, so I just have to find Hammer somewhere. Well, it was pretty uh, pretty easy. I think for a lot of people, they had uh, all dungeons done under the hour mark, I want to say. The the only caveat to that is you have to find the bomb bag at Lamon Ranch, go to market, have sons already from wreck, and you can kind of just get those checks immediately, for at least for the hammer. Yeah, it's on bomb two bowling, wasn't it? Yep. So it's yeah. kind of like a weird wrinkle on the seed because your adult start is field outside ranch, so you're so close to market. Do you just go cack or do you go child in the seed? kind of just had this like immediate decision early on like that yeah i mean i i think most people would go cack and i think most people did um it seems like a reasonable play it's all for me it's always nicer to go into child with that extra song from the windmill in case it's really useful um i'm not sure about you guys but that's that's how i would prefer to run that you know always get that extra song just do those checks and the graveyard and stuff um yeah, and, I think I would do that as well because yeah. it, the, the, the the if the save warp is near market, or I guess this was kind of near market, you can always come back. So you might as well go to CAC instead of just doing the walk back to Child anyway. Like you, you don't know if it's going to be faster to go to Kakariko in your next adult segment, so you might as well just do it right now, and you get a song and you probably get stuff that's going to help your Child segment anyway. So in a, in a situation like this, I think you you have to do Kakariko if you're going Child. I think you're you're already gambling a little bit, and that's hard to do right at the start. Yeah, definitely. And the item density and CAC, you're probably going to get at least one item or one song or both. And in this case, it was both. So it, it could be like Prelude at Song of Storms, in which case it's just way faster to go CAC first and then go to your child segment. So I, I tend to agree, and that's definitely what I did here. Now, what the the seed that it was AD for, um, Frogs 1, which had Boomerang, with, with Song of Storms on Ocarina at time, and also the Storms Grotto and Death Mountain Trail, which had Iron Boots. <laughs> so after you do all dungeons with your hammer, you get this Boomerang and Iron Boots, no letter, and <laughs> no hookshot. Well, I guess you have the hookshot, but no long yet. So this is kind of like a, a weird mid-game where not everything's open because you've done two dungeons already. And you've already done the, at least, like, a you start adult, go child, go adult, go child. Um, really hard to kind of make that work in this seed of just, you start as adult, you go child, and then you, like, you're, you're done, <laughs> essentially. It's not quite the play pattern that I think of was available in a, in a seed like this, so... A little unfortunate to see that, but you know that's, that's randomizer sometimes. I think you 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 really wanted to rush all dungeons in this scene. Like the earliest you committed to all dungeons, because some people didn't have all the hint information maybe at the start, or they didn't do the Death Mountain Fairy at the top yet. I think you had to 
completely just disregard that and just rush the dungeons and just go for that storms and then rush those storm checks and then rush the well because i think it just put you in such a good shape at this point and like you said earlier chimp it was such a dc and fire it, they were relatively short and already you get song of storms that early that unlocks that many checks yeah the odds that all the storms checks even if you didn't have the hints the odds that all of that would hide nothing were, were pretty low yeah i i agree song storms is such a strong song that even if you don't have a way of the hero river or something like that i you'd, you'd argue that the right play was still to go and get it um, of course, if you have other way, the heroes fulfill those first, but it's just such a good song to have. The well is genuinely a really strong location as a whole. Um, that yeah, just just getting that song is a, a, a quite a decent priority. Yeah, because we everyone's gonna do the Dongo's Cavern anyway, and then yeah. at that point it's just Fire Temple, and you never know if the Bosky's early, then you're already in the well like five minutes after that. Now a big, big. Uh sticking point for the seed light trial had an item so your three strengths were in lost woods and that one was bomb locked there was also another bomb locked one in child goron city on hot rodder goron and the last but not least ten skulls had the last strength or i guess uh, the third strength it doesn't really matter the order in which you get these and so you go to Light Trial. Ganon's Castle was clearable on the first entry if uh, you got all the strengths and you had all the other items. You had strength two at that point, most likely. Longshot was in Bomb of the Well, also behind AD, and also Mirror Shield was there as well. <laughs> so it, it was really underscored by this, this really fast, really quick and efficient all-dungeon play. Locking four immediate items, and then everything else is locked behind those items, too. Kind of an interesting layout, at least for the seed. But yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of the sort of... One of the harsher things for the seed was... not like I'd say a lot of the times I've played recently, I've seen a strength wave of the hero. Generally, it's, it's what's been found or pointed to by the seed. This one was not the case and i think it was quite uh almost you know obviously the seed isn't thinking it's not got a brain but it was almost devious that none of those strengths were pointed to none of those strengths were wave the hero or anything like that despite the bow being you know it is, what is essentially the key item for most people i'd say i think a lot of people's go mode was that bow um there were other bows to get and if you really cheesed the seed you could get big pose and get a bow off that um oh, wow but um i don't think many people if anyone actually did that um but yeah i think that the the, the fact that the strengths were so sort of unobviously important was quite uh quite harsh um and i think people suffered from that a little bit yeah water was beatable without a bow or fire source as well like you just go there and do it there really wasn't a whole lot behind bow it if anything uh outside of just doing forest temple so just because of that it was just a weird layout and it, very peculiar i think to play through it was a little difficult the main thing was just finding all those strengths and it was pretty much the complete opposite of 
the qual one uh, you had an early hook shot yeah, a lot of items and side dungeons, and then you could go to several dungeons all at once. The well was stacked, GTG was stacked, and Shadow was way the hero. <laughs> like, it couldn't be more flip-flopped from yesterday's. Yeah. I'd say the only consistent thing between today's and yesterday's was the fact that medallions came late. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. yesterday's, the Saturday seed, you know, you start off with whilst you started off with a free medallion it took a long time for people to get their, their second um because dodongo's cabin was essentially the only next open dungeon and just uh fire temple was then what everyone else got as their second but this one again like you did all dungeons before you get any medallions essentially um so it was the ganon's castle was a big sticking point for this seed in particular um but yeah it was a uh, very wild um i'm not sure if i'm happy or sad that i wasn't in it um ultimately seeing some people's finishes and comments probably quite happy uh but it was it was still another enjoyable seed for sure yeah i th I would say the finish times were very consistent with yesterday's um a little bit faster even it was not as bad overall the seed i think an actual sub three yeah actual sub three for first. <laughs> like yesterday's which was not a sub three very consistent here with Vonaru in first place. 248.20. Very strong. He's just unstoppable, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. He, he hasn't even been playing that much, really. He, he had such a big break and has been grinding Twilight Princess for uh, at least a month or two. And just kind of coming back, the champ. Yeah, ready, he, ready he comes see. back. He comes back. He plays Marco in the showcase race. He beats him. Then he gets second in the first qual and first in the second qual. Like how how can you ask for a better start than that? Yeah, you can just like chill for a week now. He doesn't even have to play anymore for probably a little <laughs> bit. I mean, if top thirty two was what was the what was the bracket that you needed for the points? Uh, Three thousand six hundred and thirty four points was like thirty second place. He only needs to play two more races. And then he's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fifth one's just a free race. Yeah, so one more race whatever. and he's essentially qualified for at least the Challenge Cup. So, <laughs> Also, Bono, like a... if, you're if you're listening to this, please don't just get into the Challenge Cup. <laughs> please get top 32. <laughs> oh, that'd be so scary seeing Bono. Yeah, can you imagine just... that? Just like, oh, I'm going to win the Challenge Cup and then all of a sudden Bono's in it. Well, I guess he'll get to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> but second place is Cariosa also was right up there with yesterday's finishes I think they got fourth in the, in the first qual and second yep. in this one uh, 256 and Mario, Mr. Mario the winner of the cursed qual that was not, not a qual but uh, 256.37 here and right under him is Sponge 303.13 with Marco right under that 303.35 so really strong racers all up at the top here no real surprises. Think in the top 10 to 20 brackets where you see the most uh, variation in finishes, but even below that, the next 10, I, I don't think there are that many uh, surprises either. So far, I've uh, been seeing lots of good things, though, with Season 4. Uh, what have you guys been thinking about these first two qual races? Uh, I, I really like the, the two seeds 
They were just crazy enough, but not too stupid to perfectly show what season four can be. <laughs> like we got a 50 skull seed. We got an all dungeon seed. We got those weird little situations that are season four specific, like light trial, like Richard being important. Like just, just those, uh, those types of things, I'm, I'm happy they got to happen right at the start. So hopefully the people have enjoyed watching them too. Yeah, I like the spawns as well. Uh, the spawns have been quite uh, the fun, especially today's with child spawn in domain. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see, you know, not not just generic spawns for for uh, our first opening weekend. We had all of those things happen and only two races happened. <laughs> Like if you're not excited for that, it's it's hard to be excited for randomizer in general. So I, I think there's a lot of hype going into this still, even just with the two races. Even um, man, it's 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 just it's great. It's great. Love I love season four. That's all I can say. Now the top seven for this race, two fifty nine forty. So. Uh, about 10 minutes quicker than Qual 1. And there was no Jet or Gamble mitigation. The standard deviation was 3.49% as opposed to 3.84% the Qual 1. For all you stats nerds out there. So now a bit of uh, the fun part of the podcast. Well, every part of the podcast is fun, I think. Just say, what are you talking yeah. about, Emo? This whole thing's fun. <laughs> Don't ignore the first hour and fifteen, guys. Everything's not fun up till now. Yeah, time. Yeah, time skip to the, the real juice. <laughs> it's gonna be worth the squeeze here. Um, rampant speculation. Now, who impressed you with the finishes the most this weekend? I mean, I think an obvious shout out is uh, Pinky Rose with uh, that first place in the NA. Um, but outside of that, I have to say, like, obviously in terms of consistency, where fair play to Marco Bono, Cariosa, um, Hell Knight in sixth is a great placement. Um, and you know, that's, it's an amazing achievement for them. 10th doctor as well, who has not been, uh, as active since essentially season three, finishing, I think in ninth place, um, or around that in, in the NA qual. Um, so yeah, I think that was really impressive considering again, they've not been doing so much racing and they've been essentially more focused on random settings league. Um, yeah, strong, strong placement for them. Um, and then in the EU weekly today, it was a EU was essentially sort of as expected for a large part. Um, Mr. Mario, I think is a bit of a sleeper hit, um, for this season. So I'm happy to see them doing well. Um, and I think they are going to be really strong in terms of the rest of the, uh, the season. I do think, uh, even though we you mentioned Cariosa, but it almost feels like we, we have to mention him even more because we know he's a top 32 almost lock. But I wonder if, this is just a small sample size, it's just two races, but I wonder if this is the time where he's going to get to another level, of maybe a top 10 placement, like top 8, who knows? Because this is a really strong start for him, second and fourth in the first two mm. qualifiers with over 100 people. It just makes you wonder, is he... Is he ready to take another step? Because after looking at this weekend, that's some really, really strong finishes. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I, I can't remember their exact seeding in season three, but I think it was quite low. I think their seeding was, between, I think it was like 24th or something like that. Um, so considering they went all the way to you know, losers finals, um, which I, I don't think many people would have actually predicted going into season three. Um, and now, you know, from essentially the last f top four of season three, they're now consistently, as you say, just 
you know, third, uh, fourth place, second place. Maybe you're right. Maybe Cariosa is essentially the sort of the uh, definitely not even a dark horse. Just maybe someone, maybe people are overlooking them a bit for just genuine contender for winning just the whole thing. And maybe a little bit of the same to Mr. Mario getting top three and first in the curse qual. We know Mr. Mario is really good at random settings as well. So I wonder if this is also uh, Mr. Mario. This is his 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 season to also take another step forward and maybe climb up the rankings in the first half of top 32. I think a large part is, I think the top 16 might, might even be locked at this point. The real big spotlight is going to be on the, the bottom 16 of the bracket in terms of who qualifies or not. Um, you got people like Sponge. Sponge has gotten really good for the past few months, even, and he's gotten really good through the uh, the co-op tournament, which he won. Uh, no, not, not the co-op tournament, the uh, multi-world tournament, rather. <laughs> and, yeah, he's just he's just a scary uh, contender uh, if there mm-hmm. is ever one. You just never quite know if he's going to get first place. Is he going to get, you know, first through eighth? Probably. Um, just seeing really strong results from him. Unfortunate placement in the NA, though. They, I think they came 40th in the uh, NA qual, which is <sighs> really low for where I would expect them to be. I think, you know, everyone has one-offs, and I would say that this is a one-off for Sponge. It's definitely not. Um, there is nothing of that result, me being like, oh, I'm now, I'm now scared of Sponge not doing well. I think it was just one of those one-off situations where they didn't do particularly well, but as we saw today, they then recovered, and they will consistently continue to do well throughout now. You kind of just have to take it race by race for qualification races. You you can't really go from one to the next and live results oriented. It's so easy to, but it's it's something you just kind of have to avoid as much as possible because you never know if you're gonna have a a just a real bad finish or top five the next time. It's just it can happen. Mm-hmm. It can happen to anyone, and that's why we play randomizer. Because <laughs> that can happen, and it is exciting. Um, now, what about uh, so? The only two people that have played either of these have been in Chimp and myself. Uh, Chimp, you played the first qual. What did mm-hmm. you think of your performance? Tragic. It was a genuine tragedy. I was in. I was essentially looking from the bo- for the boomerang from. 251 no sorry at 251 i ran past goron city where the boomerang was um saying that i was going to do it after the deku tree and then i got too too sidetracked into skulls forgot so i could have essentially been in go mode at about 255 256 and maybe got a top 10 uh but i instead absolutely five-headed and that was my third to last location in the entire seed so yeah rip Oof. Yeah, and as for me, uh, I played the call number two this morning, and wow, that's uh, probably my worst finish in a long time. Uh, I got trying to scroll down here. My name's really far down. Seventy uh, first, I got today. Uh, I at the two forty four mark. I just needed to check ten skulls, and I was going to be in go mode at that point. So a little little rough for me. Um, I knew it was something early or something fast. So 
my best call at that point was just to rush like ice cavern rush fire temple on the revisit rush uh well i already checked water so i full cleared spirit too just trying to like shallowly kind of like look for this stupid bow <laughs> that i didn't know that you needed strength three for um so I, I think up to that point though i think i played it pretty well had most of the dungeons done around the two hour mark with a couple left over so i think overall i had a good play pattern it's just kind of a tragic finish as well for me now the good part is i'm the head of chimp on points so uh, <laughs> not all is lost here and yeah it's it's a it's good to be me sometimes even when it goes wrong um <laughs> I didn't think I could feel worse about yesterday, but you've proved you've proved me wrong. No, no please, Jim. No. Uh, kind of a quick aside, uh, there is a fantasy league for Rando that we're trying out. Uh, it's a group of, what, 13 people, right, Jim? Yeah, 13. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of trying it out for fun. Um, feel free to make your own, too. I, I think this is something that's really... It's been a, pretty exciting so far in terms of how it's worked out. Everyone seems to be super invested in their teams. Uh, Chimp and I are part of this uh, league here. And, well, I had the first round pick of the whole draft because I answered the draft order question correctly, which was if you took all the season three bracket matches and how many hours is that equal? Um, the answer was 181. My answer was 185, but so was Sponges. And I... Uh, answered quicker so <laughs> i got the first pick uh and i i could i picked bono um so i'm pretty happy this with these two first quals obviously first yeah, and that's second are really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you also picked you much. also picked me though so like you've essentially ruined your first pick uh, i'm rooting for you so hard champ <laughs> part of emo's sodas um, so that's just kind of a, a cool thing that's happening, and I, I definitely encourage more to take place. Um, it's been cool just kind of covering, you know, if, if you're not playing at a certain qual, you know, you can watch all everyone on your team all at once and be super invested. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, you still have a stake in it, and it's really fun to just root people on, you know, just support people that might not expect it. And yeah, great stuff. Do you think there were any uh, notable names that were missing from these first two races that you think uh, you'll be looking forward to in this season? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I could really go on with uh, essentially like a top twenty. I'd say the the biggest notable name that didn't play this weekend is our guest. Uh, what the hell's? I think that's uh, someone I'm very much looking forward to see. I think you said yourself. And sorry if I'm phrasing this correctly, that you're like, this is the most you've been motivated for like rando in some time, right? Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just feel like the community, the rule sets, the the settings, uh, the side tournaments right now, I just think everything's going in, in such a good direction. And I'm just feeling optimistic about like my own personal play as well, like just competitively, but just in general, the community. So Hopefully the, the good vibes keep on going, but yeah, I'm really excited to get started. It, it was fun to watch as well this weekend to just be a viewer, but I'm also excited to next week to get to work and start being a real <laughs> random main and start getting in there. Yeah. Any other names though? I'm trying to rack my brain here. 
Did Mr. Martin play this weekend? Uh, he did. He played in the first qual and got 16th. Right, yeah. So, so, like, so I think he's going to do well. Quite a number of points. I don't think he played today. Uh, a little bit too early in the morning for him. He's mm-hmm. more of a night racer anyway. I know this is something that a few people have mentioned on the side, but shout outs to Exodus joining today. <laughs> Which I don't think many people expected a, a bingo player and sort of like a true uh, execution pro at this game to suddenly join today's qualifier. So that's pretty hype. I'm excited to see what they can potentially do. Yeah, I think he could do really well. He did finish 16th in season two and then didn't participate in season three. Now mm. I know that the level overall, I think, is just getting stronger and stronger so top 32 is just really hard to get into but i do think like any tournament exodus is always going to have a shot if it's an ocarina of time it doesn't matter yeah, like he's a master agree. adapter yeah, it was kind of unnerving to see him join a race a couple of days ago it's like oh shit it's coming out of retirement <laughs> it's playing rando again and so those kinds of names just popping up are super exciting and yeah Another one, too, is Chopper Man. He got 13th today. He's kind of coming out of nowhere again. Mm. Uh, Very strong inclusion. I think from Season 2, he played quite a while ago. Yeah, Chopper Man is another one of those players that have really good execution and that I think could be a wild card because it's one of those players you never know if they're going to play or not. But if he does play the whole season, I think he's got a, a real solid shot as well. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to Duke, who has not played this weekend, but who has also been dominating the OCS. He's been really unstoppable, hasn't he? Yeah. So, I, you know, we've not seen Duke play, but Duke is always amazingly competitive. So, you know, a guaranteed top 10, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm weirdly scared of Duke this season because it's almost <laughs> as if he has no expectations. So he could just be a total wild card and all of a sudden come out of nowhere and win. You never know when there's no expectations. You think he's just hiding under a box somewhere waiting for you? It's like, I'm not coming out until what the hell comes out. <laughs> We're just going to play chicken trout. every week until one of us joins. <laughs> maybe, maybe. There's only somebody you can join. You're going to have to join one sooner rather than later. I think, yep. I think Namaha also hasn't joined any this weekend. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And that's another Stas- solid player. Hasn't played at all yet. Lots of just kind of lurking monsters in the shadows. We don't even know <laughs> everyone that we're up against yet, so it'll be cool. It's I think important to note though that you don't really need to rush qualification races, especially if you think it's going to be close. In terms of uh, personally, if you think you're going to get top 32, if you're one of the stronger players, I don't think it really matters for the most part. Um, but even even for it for them, it it does matter. And, in terms of like who's actually in the race sometimes you, know, you have like so many races to join too so I'd, at least for me i i've been taking my time i skipped the first one i played the second one probably skip the third and fourth maybe play the fifth who knows <laughs> it's a whole season ahead of us here now as far as our personal goals for the season go um what are you guys kind of aiming for this season above 96th I would really like to just. I'd like to make the cut into Challenge Cup. I have no other ambitions other than just 
trying to get around the same rank as I did last year or a little better, which I think was 80th. So if I can improve upon 80th or just uh, as long as I qualify for the Challenge Cup, I'll be satisfied. Yeah, for me, I, I don't know, because because like, making the finals in season one is kind of what kept me motivated for Rando the whole time. Since season one was so chaotic and no one really knew what Rando was. And then after that, losing to ATZ, just that's just what kept me going. And then at this point, it's like, I, I'm so motivated for just anything Rando, but it's so hard to just think about, oh, all I have to do is not finish second and just get first. But like that, I know that, that's insanely hard and the level is, uh, everyone's so good now. So I think ideally I'd love to get top three in quals. But even like even though at that point I'm not exactly sure what I could get or not, so I I think I'm aiming for a top five finish, ideally top three. Yeah, for me, um, well, I played season two and three quals, and I got around the same each time, right around top rank seventy five more or less. So above that would be great this time. I think top 64 is a good place to shoot for, but my eyes are definitely on the 32nd seed. I think <laughs> I I really want it this time, so I I don't want to get disappointed by the last few quals again. Um, I think I was close season three; it just didn't quite happen. So I'm definitely aiming for you know somewhere top 40, hopefully. So maybe if I don't make top 32, I can at least get one of the top seeds in Challenge Cup. Be uh, cool this time for sure. All right, so as far as your predictions for who's going to make top 32, any uh, any wild predictions from, from either of you? Uh, Rock Chalk. I stand by Rock Chalk for top 32. Let's go. Um, hmm. I've got uh, one of my wild cards is Arthur. He's been putting it a lot of work. I think mm. he, he's really, really close to hitting another level. So to me, Arthur is uh, is making top 32. Placed really well today as well. I'm not sure what their place was in the NA qual, but I know today they were 16th, I want to say. Something I like think, that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, they placed well, so GG. Yeah, they got 31st in the first qual as well. So they're definitely in the thick of it here. I think for me, it's hard to really pinpoint specific players, especially for like the bottom half. Like I mentioned before, it's it's really up for grabs, and you got about 60, 75 people just aiming all for the, the, the lower 16 on the bracket. So I think with that in mind, um, somebody that hasn't joined the first two qual races i think he's a long shot but i think minus two coins can actually make top 32 and it might be crazy to say but he's gotten really good with just the season three to season four uh settings changes i think his routing has gotten really good it's gotten pretty consistent with his finishes and uh he's been sparring pretty well with me and uh martin a few others um that normally race pretty late at night <laughs> uh like 8 39 p.m eastern kind of a time frame um really hoping to see him a play in a qual race he hasn't done that yet uh but I, I think he can go the distance this time if not make um 
Challenge Cup this time. You kind of started yeah. directly after the last Challenge Cup. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I think um, if Melrose is well enough, I think Melrose will make top 32. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that too. It's kind of had some unfortunate uh, health issues, so hopefully he gets better. But I think if he does, he has a very strong case to make top 32 as well. But in a lot of work over the summer. And then uh, just kind of bonus topic here. <laughs> the random settings league is also in its bracket phase now. A lot of hype going on there. Now, the qualification races for random settings league ran through September 1st through November 30th. and the bracket matches started December 3rd, so we're already 10 days into it, and there are, oh man, how many matches have actually <laughs> happened? There's so many. It's a, it's a double uh, elimination bracket. We had 38 people complete at least three qualifier races, which um, made it so that you play in brackets, and 31 people opted into the tournament. So it's a 31-man bracket uh, with... Two people getting buys, Marco, first seed, and J-Bone, 17th seed. But other than that, um, I mean, yeah, like we're 20, almost 20 matches into the tournament now, and it's been only 10 days. It's been kind of a rapid fire. I was just going to say, Monday was insane. Like, <laughs> Monday there was like eight races, and it was absolute bedlam <laughs> trying to like keep up with what was going on and watch certain people's races and people were like oh it's overworld er and then oh my god it's this and that and i'm just like it was so i was trying my hardest to keep track of who was doing what but my god there was like so many races that day it was bonkers yeah it was pretty crazy uh, i had to moderate like three or four of them myself too and it was, it was tough to keep track of them all, but uh, more or less, uh, we're kind of into winter bracket round three. Right now, the matchups are looking like Marco versus Chalenzoa, a French runner. They're both French runners. Uh, they're in winter bracket round three, about to face each other sometime next week. Uh, we have Kirox. We have Mr. Mario. They're all in winter bracket round three, just kind of waiting for opponents right now. As of the time of this recording, Timmy and Nopons are playing in winter bracket round two, as well as uh, Zopar and Rahylia and losers bracket round one, as well as <laughs> Shirole and Neil, uh, also losers bracket round one. They're all playing right now, <laughs> so it gives you a good idea of like how rapid this tournament's progressing. But um, kind of what's what's your uh, kind of immediate takeaway? What the hell is with the the bracket so far? Uh the first thing I want to say is I'm always so impressed with people who play random settings and they're really good at it because it's it's such a different animal. <laughs> like we were talking about season four seeds and how, how they've been going the logic. Well, multiply that by like 20 for random settings and add two hours. I just, it's so, it's so impressive to watch. And I think so far, yeah, I'd say one of the things is that I, it seems like these new settings, they add a lot of time, maybe an hour, maybe on average or over, maybe not on average, but there's been a lot of longer seeds and wasn't there a 7.55 or something? Like that's, uh, yeah, it's a bit scary. 
I, I think there was a close to eight hour finisher. It might have been at over eight hours. That was the one between Pappy Grant and Sly Ridey, I think. Uh, I think it was over eight. <laughs> it was a round one matchup. <laughs> that's the start of your <laughs> tournament. That's <laughs> that. That's something. I mean, uh, I'm I'm in this, and what the hell is in this? Um, I've lost my round one matchup to Druinus. Um, kind of doesn't have as much experience with random settings, but very solid player. A uh, lot of good execution happening there. And it was a four-minute difference in like a four-five-hour seed, so uh, it felt like a good race at least. And what the hell's? You got your first matchup against Neil. You won that. Yeah, and like apparently I was about to lose the whole time, and Neil basically found every single item before me. But then it was a hunt for uh, the gold gauntlets because we had to beat Light Trial, and there were on one of the two Garuda Valley skulls. As adult, and Sunsong was on the Ocarina of Time, so we never got that. So the whole <laughs> routing overworld skulls was really hard, and Oof. it turns out I found that before him, and that ended up being different. And it was funny because I almost got the gauntlets maybe an hour and a half earlier, but I left Garuda Fortress, and it was almost going to be daytime, and I even shot an arrow <laughs> from really far away to see if I could look, and I barely missed. So there's a world where I hit that and I get that an hour and a half earlier, but that wasn't that day. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and I had my second matchup already against FQ and Losers Bracket, and I did win that, so I'm still in the tournament, um, kind of waiting my next match, but that was a gross, gross seed. Uh, it was also around a five-hour seed, basically all sanity, but the big sticking point was three stone bridge and the Ganon's boss key was on 53 gold skulls with full skull sanity and ER indoor outdoor with uh, dungeon songs. So it, it's a seed that just took forever, but at least it was beatable only. So I got to pin down exactly where I think the mirror shield or long shot were. And uh, yeah, got there after five hours. So it's it's just a different beast, and we'll kind of be covering uh, lightly uh, the, the bracket phase here for this tournament as well, um, all the way up until the end. We'll probably be uh, covering a little bit heavier once we get towards the end in more detail. But for now, we're going to see how the uh, bracket phase kind of pans out for everyone, and uh, hopefully myself and what the hells go far in it. It's been pretty fun so far, and it's been a pretty good season this time. It's about twice as big as last bracket season. That's going to do it for this week on the podcast. Thanks again to What the Hell's Happened for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited the podcast is back, and I'm really excited to see uh, the, the direction the community is going. I think Rando is in a really good place, and I'm excited for the future. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for coming on, dude. Really, uh, really good uh chatting with you yeah all the best for random settings league bracket as well as season four once you do decide to uh play in it that is <laughs> <laughs> look forward to seeing you dominate next weekend hopefully <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'll be watching the race time chat and that's what the hell's happened is joined i'll just immediately quit <laughs> just <and> see you <laughs> uh Thanks again also to Ronin Recordings 
and Winnie Demon, uh, our editor and our scriptwriter, respectively. They do a lot of work for the podcast, and we wouldn't be there here without them. Um, so thank you. And thank you to all of you for listening. We'll see you guys next time on the Gossip Stone Podcast. Bye.